Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Right inside the Birds Radio, back here on Sports Radio WIP. It's Jeff Mosher. It's Adam Kaplan. And, of course, former Eagle Billy Osborne. And we are fortunate enough to have another former Eagle with us right now. Joining us here is former Eagles president Joe Banner. You can read his Q&A with The Athletic every week at The Athletic Philadelphia. Uh, what's going on, Joe? How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Very good. You're on with Jeff Mosher, Adam Kaplan, Billy Osborne, and obviously the Eagles uh, improved themselves over the, the couple of nights ago. They go up to the MetLife Stadium, big convincing win over the Giants. What did you think about that game and their execution and the way they played compared to how they had been playing up until then? Well, I mean, no doubt they played a lot better. They looked a lot more in sync. A couple of the places that they've been weak certainly played better. I mean, I cautioned people who were getting too nervous when they went two and three to not get too nervous. They're a strong team, and I'm probably in the mode of getting people to just let's see it another week or two before we count it as fixed. But it was certainly a very, very encouraging game. Joe, clearly with the trade deadline now just over two weeks away, running back, which was not a need before J.H.I. got hurt, now is a need, I think, to a certain degree. We'll see if the Eagles agree with that. But if you're looked overlooking a team now and having these personnel meetings. What would these discussions be like about potentially acquiring someone like LaShawn McCoy? We know how talented he is. You, you were with LaShawn uh, earlier in LaShawn's career. What, how would you deal with this situation who, and with that legal issue hanging over his head? Well, I mean, he's a complicated acquisition just for that reason. I mean, he loves Philadelphia. He loves being an Eagle. Uh, he would really make a difference on this team. His ability to impact both in the run game and the pass game uh, is something that you know a lot of the winning teams have been doing for a long time, but now the whole league is catching up on. And Shea's as good at that as anybody. So, you know, that's that's easy. Um, frankly, we don't know enough about the details behind the scenes to know just how concerned they should be about the other issue, and frankly, the timing of when it will get resolved. Um, but you know, knowing. The people there fairly well. I'm not sure that I think that running back will be their primary focus. Listen, I think that any place they think they can get a guy where they get really good value, they'll be open to doing something. So in that context, they could do anything. But I would actually be surprised if if they were actually going to try to do something they thought would really make a difference. Um, I think the most likely spot is corner, and the second like, most likely spot is defensive line. I actually think they'd probably be feeling reasonably well about the offense, especially they get a little better play out of left guard like they did the other night. Um, assuming people stay healthy, I just think that that may be where they'd be a little bit worried. Now, this is talking about if they do something significant with somebody that can really impact the team. You know, I'd be surprised if that wasn't the focus, which is not to say they won't pick up a running back, but I just think it's less likely. That was my question. What's the areas that you would look at? My follow-up to that then is what's your thoughts on the left tackle spot well it's uh, scary i mean jason is you know at the age where people get hurt a lot uh to be honest he's not playing as well which i think if given time and he can stay healthy he will but we can't know that older players sometimes 
descend kind of unexpectedly and sometimes quickly. Um, and then, you know, we got a couple of uh, maybes after that. You know, I, I think they'd love to not have to play the rookie any sooner than is necessary, even though he's shown tremendous amount of potential. And, um, you know, depending upon what they're seeing behind the scenes and how well he's picking things up mentally, he could be the answer. You know, I am not a big uh, Vatai fan, although he did a heck of a job at the end of last season. I wouldn't have won the Super Bowl if he hadn't stepped in and done that well. But he's a scary guy for me to think of them counting on, uh, you know, long term. But they do have some options there. And hopefully Jason can, you know, stay healthy enough to stay on the field and, you know, get get enough time continuously to kind of play at least uh, better than he was so far. I don't think he has to get back to his old form, and I don't think that's even realistic. But he does have to get, you know, solidly there enough that Wentz isn't kind of worrying about what's coming from his backside. So you mentioned cornerback. I think we've all talked about safety since they lost Rodney McLeod as an area that they might want to upgrade. There's running back that we've already just spoken about and now left tackle. Is there one position that you have found as an executive, Joe, throughout the years that's harder than others to try to find good value on the trade market with, especially in the middle of the year? Yeah, I mean, the hardest positions, frankly, and no great insight here, are just the most impactful positions. So finding a left tackle at this point uh, would be extremely hard, and I actually think they've got enough confidence in, in the options there that they probably wouldn't do that. Finding somebody that can impact the game on the defensive line is, is very, very hard to do. Um, and then the next hardest would be corner running backs. There'll, there'll be options out there that won't be the biggest name. If they decide to go kind of a, let's get some more depth. Let's get somebody that can help us. There'll be options for that uh, to get a difference making running back. They'll have to use up some meaningful asset and have to spend some cap dollars, which is no problem in the short term, but continues to you know, contribute to some challenges long term. So I think it'd be very hard to make anything, any, a move that would have a real impact on the defensive offensive line on the defensive line, maybe a rotational person. There's usually a few of those around or teams that are calling around that may be willing to move somebody like that. Um, and then you're into the places like corner safeties is usually a chance to pick up safeties. If you want, um, you know, the way they play defense safety is a very difficult place to exploit. As long as they got somebody solid, uh, they, they're probably okay. They're not as good as they were. The loss certainly has an impact, uh, but they can probably cover up for a, a safety that's, you know, solid versus, you know, very good or great or however you want to categorize it. But the corner is the spot to me. If they, were, if they were looking at, and I think they're good enough that this is likely, a chance at making a long run in the, in the playoffs again, you know, in my opinion, the place that's most likely to hold them back from doing that is corner. I know there's a lot of debate about Mills. I'm not, you know, a Mills fan. Uh, I view him as kind of sitting on short routes. So if you throw the ball short underneath into his area, he's going to look like he's making a great play because he's sitting on the route. If you throw something deeper across the middle or just something deep, you know that's when because he was sitting on the route to look good on the shorter routes, which are much more common, you know you see him give up some very big plays. That's a very hard thing to cover up when you start playing really good teams in the playoffs. So uh, to follow up on that, if they were to go out and get a corner, I wonder, because it sure seems like Jim Schwartz is very loyal to Jalen Mills. And so if Howie were to go out and trade for a corner, does that present a situation where Jim now has to – would play that corner, I don't know, begrudgingly? Or would it – I mean, does he just send Jalen Mills to the bench after winning him a, a Super Bowl the year before? Well, the answer is yes. And I don't think we really know what Jim thinks of Jalen. I don't mean that in any negative way. We just right. don't know. I mean, he's got a guy out there playing – 
who is the best guy in his opinion on the roster at the moment, who could be losing some confidence. You can't expect him to say anything other than the most positive things about him. And they may be exactly what his opinion is. I'm not implying that he's making it up, but it's also what he would say under any circumstance. So, you know, they'll factor that in. Jim will be a big part of the decision. Do we try to make a meaningful move anywhere on defense? Jim will be a big part of that conversation. I mean, you know, Howie will probably make the ultimate decision. Doug will be very involved. Joe Douglas will be very involved. But they will make a decision like that without having, you know, Jim very much a part of the conversation. So they'll know, listen, I think we can win with the guy. We won with the guy. Could be as you. Or, you know, people are starting to find his weaknesses and exploit them. And, you know, if we could upgrade there, that would be great. Um, And, frankly, you're pretty inclined to trust the coordinator that's working with the unit every week and seeing what teams are doing and where they're attacking and what circumstances he's facing when they play the better teams. The fact that they got through the game last week was really uh, back to last year. They're playing great wide receivers, but they've got a rush that was getting to the quarterback so quickly that they weren't able to exploit the corners. That's not going to happen all the time. Joe, when you look at this roster as it's constituted right now, and I know when you and I talked two years ago when we worked at ESPN, you actually thought this was Carson Wentz's first year, Doug Peterson's first year. You thought the Eagles had one of the best rosters. So we fast forward to now. And we've had some personnel changes. They've got some injuries. Is this roster good enough, you think, to get to the Super Bowl if, if uh, the quarterback stays healthy? Yes, but more of a challenge than it was a year ago. Um, and again, you know, it's a war of attrition through the season. So if, if, if we froze time right now based on everybody's roster, now, do I think they're the favorite to get to the Super Bowl? I personally don't. Do I think they're good enough that – if they get some momentum going, they play well in the playoffs, they're good enough that they could do it, I would say yes. But I think there are a couple of teams, you know, I my Super Bowl pick in the NFC before the season started was New Orleans. After watching the week one, I was wondering what I was thinking about, but now I feel like, oh, okay, I didn't completely lose my mind. I mean, that, that would be a very tough matchup uh, for the Eagles. You know, Minnesota seems to be playing better. Obviously, the Rams are a very good team. So I think they're good enough that it isn't unrealistic to think they could do it. But I think it would be a much bigger challenge even than it was last year, assuming they're healthy. Hey, Joe, one of the questions that I've thrown out there to the guys, one of my observations, I feel that the Eagles are a very, you know, very heavily pass-run, uh, predictable you know, attack. And I think a lot of that plays into why they have protection problems. So a lot of times you know, they're, they're passing the ball, whether it's second and medium. It just seems like that's, that happens a lot. In your old, you know, in your old roles, would you ever – you know, be inclined to say something to the head coach or when they have this off, you know, this off week coming up, when they do self-scouting, will they involve the personnel department and say, hey, can you help us with our tendencies and give us some ideas of what we're doing so we can then attack the rest of the season? Well, I'm sorry laughing as you asked that question because, yeah, I would tell them to pass even more. <laughs> <laughs> we knew you were going to say that. I that quarterback and a receiver, too, so I love it. Um, no, but the real answer to your question is yes. I mean, they will um, uh, be very active in self-scouting. Now, their answer to that will be driven by their philosophy versus yours or mine. Yep. Um, and they, they will... By the time they're through the first week of their bye, they already have a decent idea. By the time they're through the first week of a bye, they will know their own tendencies better than their opponents even. And then they will decide, okay, we're two-thirds, one-third, or we're 60-40, and is that what we want to be? Now, remember, they're they're discussing tendencies at much deeper levels than we are. We're sitting here talking pass-run ratios, which is certainly included in the analysis. 
but they're also sitting there breaking out. Well, out of this formation versus this formation, this formation, what's our run pass? So if we're in, you know, a personnel grouping, are we passing the ball 70 times out of that, only 30? And in a different group, we're 50-50. And, you know, and they will go through every offensively and defensive formation, and they won't just know their overall pass-run ratios, but every tendency within every one of those, um, you know, breakout areas, they'll know. And they'll also know we're throwing the ball too much to the right versus the left, too much down the middle, too much under five yards, too much over four yards, I mean over ten yards. They'll, they will know every iteration that you can come up with, even underneath just the overall macro run-pass ratio. Uh, and, and realize they already pretty much know this, but they will even know it more detail and have the chance to really step back and think about it once they get a few minutes to breathe. They probably did that in this couple of days you know, they're here unless they're really exhausted because they played so long last year and they just felt they needed like, you know, 48, 72 hours to clear their heads. Uh, when you get 10 days like this, that's one of the things you may be doing is just really, you know, fine tuning your study of your own tendencies. Talking with former Eagles president Joe Banner here. Uh, he's on Twitter at Joe Banner 13, does uh, work with The Athletic. You can read his Q&A with either Shio Kapati or Bo Wolf every week. Joe, I wanted to go back to something you said about Shady McCoy. And I know on Twitter, you have been outspoken about you, even though you said you don't think per se Howie's number one priority right now is running back. I think you have been an advocate of them going out and and trying to get a Le'Veon Bell or, or Shady. So why why do you feel that way? And secondly, I would say, what is the value if you could put your kind of GM hat on here for bo- all these teams involved? What should the Eagles be willing to give up, and what would either the Bills or the Steelers realistically accept in that kind of a deal? Well, for me, this is driven by. What it's, it seems clear they've made a decision that they really want to maximize every possibility of winning Super Bowls with an S on it while they still have Wentz at a reasonable price. And at most, that's the rest of this year and next year, and it may only be this year. So that's the context in which if they make a more consequential move than I'm expecting it running back, or if I was sitting there and in these discussions, that would be what drive my answer. And I think we've already seen enough activity in the offseason and continuing that they really are focused on, you know, we're going to figure out what to do when Wentz is making $30, $35 million a year in a couple of years or a year. Right now, we need to take advantage of the moment and see if we can pile a couple of these championships on top of each other. So in that context to me, if in the case of a Le'Veon Bell, where you'd give up a pick, um, and I think the probability is to make sure you got him, it would be a two. You have a chance to get him, it could be a three. That the risk reward of that and the difference that he could potentially make, uh, you could make a case is worth it. There's some cap implications in, in addition to the money you give up. But frankly, the longer they wait to make that trade, the less expensive it costs. Remember, if he only plays the last six games, they're going to pay him basically six times nine hundred thousand right. uh, dollars. So let's round it off and call it five million bucks. It's five million and change. Um, and then basically he plays the playoff games for free from the Eagles' perspective. He gets money out of a playoff pool, but he, they don't pay him. So there's no more cap implication. And then he's a free agent. So they're done with it. With Shady, at least on paper, it's a little bit more long-term commitment, although also not at a number that's, you know, cap moves towards $190, 200000000 million. You've got a 6 or $7 million running back. It's really not something you shouldn't be able to to handle. So it's in that context. If you really feel like, you know, we're going to worry about our cap later. And right now we're going to stretch it as far as we can to try to win another Super Bowl before Wentz makes the big money. 
in that context, I could see them making a more aggressive move at running back. And if I was sitting there and that was really the organizational decision we've made, I would support going ahead and trying to get one of those running backs in the range of the compensation that I just described. Excellent, Joe. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for the insight. Can you come back on with us in maybe a month or two and, uh, you know, as the season goes on? It sounds great. Appreciate, appreciate it, guys. It. Thanks. Appreciate Thanks. it. Joe Thanks, Banner, former, former Eagles president, and you can catch his Q&A every week on The Athletic with uh, Shield Kapati and Bo Wolf. A lot of stuff to unpack. I could have done an hour with them. I could have done This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.